greet you today in the precious name of Jesus. We ask that you will remain standing for the reading of the word of God. Very familiar passage of scripture. If you have your Bibles or if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 1, for the text purpose we will read verse 21 through 25. Matthew chapter 1. For the text purpose, we read verses 21 through 25. And we read, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from, the, from sleep, did as the angels of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. For a scripture thought today, we want to use the subject, Jesus is God with us. Jesus is God with us with us. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we give your name thanks and praise for who you are. We thank you for this moment in time and in history that you have allowed us to come together for the proclamation of your precious word. And we may be reminded of what you have done for us and what you will do for us if only we would hear and obey your word. Bless us today, we pray with thanksgiving. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Again, we want to acknowledge Pastor Miller, Pastor Darius Miller. First time I've ever had the chance to say that. (laughs) I kind of liked it with that sound. (laughs) Praise God. Nothing make a father more pleased than to see his son follow in his vocation. Especially when that vocation is a calling of the Lord. We want to say to the ministers and officers, families, the saints here at Shady Day, we thank God for you. And we thank God for your receiving him and supporting him in ministry. We thank God for you. We pray for you. As Paul say, we pray for you constantly. That the Lord's blessings will be upon your lives. And that you will be a team of people that will do the will of God in this area where he has planted you. To the word of God. Our text today comes from a very familiar passage of scripture. It traces the genealogy of Jesus Christ. For 42 generations. 
It let us know on the condition in which Jesus came into the world. This information is very critical in the time in which we live. When we have so many skeptics and, and those who refuse to believe the word of God. When we can find the word of God and find historical data that will trace Jesus' lineage as he came into the world. And one of the most important statements I want to bring to mind quickly, it says in our text portion of the scripture, Now all, the, all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets. I want you to know the word of God confirms itself. In Isaiah chapter 7, about verse 14, we find these precious words from the prophet, which here in Matthew, the writer called our attention to. It says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, my Lord, my Lord. which means God with us. Jesus is God with us. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise God, Chase. Praise the Lord. I want you to be able to rejoice in the God of your salvation. Yes, sir. And to know that it wasn't something just kind of happened. My Lord. But it was something that God planned it before the foundation of the world. Yes, Yet he brought it about in a timely manner so that your life and my life can be richly blessed. I want you to find strength and comfort and encouragement as we review again this well-known story, the coming of this Messiah. And so as we begin to look into this precious word, when we think about that important statement, Jesus is God with us. Through Jesus... God entered into human experience. We recognize today we have many, many experiences. Many experiences. Some of them we, we, we rejoice and we are glad about. Others sadden our hearts and, and many are torment us for a lifetime. But one of the greatest experiences that we can ever experience is letting God come within our experience. Having God in our experiences. I don't know about you, but I remember the old song the saints used to sing when Jesus answered my prayer. Oh, the rapture that thrills. Oh, the glory that fills when Jesus answered my prayer. You know, when they have another one, say, just let a little talk with Jesus. Everything will make it right. But in your life experiences, have you, ha have you allowed God to come into your experience? Oh, let me tell you something, church. You haven't really lived until the Lord comes into your experience. You know, we love to talk about what God did for grandmother and what God, God did for mother and what God did for daddy. But, you know, we ought to get to the point where God comes into your experience. When God hear and answer your prayer. Oh, the rapture that thrills. Oh, the glory that fills. When Jesus answers my prayer. Church, I want you to understand today that Jesus became human. So that he could experience what you experienced and what I experienced. 
So many times we love to refer to Jesus as the perfect one, and he is. But many times we use that as an excuse, as an escape from not living righteous lives ourselves. You would hear this many times, well, there was only one perfect man, and that was Jesus. And God knows that we are human. But oh, if I can convey just one thought to you today that will never leave your mind. And that Jesus became human for you and for me. Jesus came into our experience so that we could experience his divine power to live in this world pleasing to God. Don't you ever forget that Jesus became human so he could conquer the evil in our lives. He could Bring about a redemption of us that we can live in this world pleasing to our Heavenly Father. In other words, it was Jesus, it was God becoming uh, into human experience so that he can make out of us what he wants us to be. The word became flesh (laughs) and lived among us. Understand that this is a portion of the word of God that your pastor is sharing with you. I just want to just read just a portion of it today. In St. John chapter 1 it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is God in our experience. Jesus is God with us. And so it said, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I want to move down quickly to verse 12. He said, but Verse 10, and he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I want you to understand this today, that Jesus came into the world so we could be born again. We could be restored back to the image of our Heavenly Father. I'm talking about we fleshly people. We human beings. <laughs> All of us who want to say that I'm just human. And that God knows that I'm human. So in my humanity, I behave certain ways. But I want you to know Jesus has made it possible so you can be born again. And if you are born again, you can behave again. You can walk like your father. You can talk like your father. You can behave like your father. If you are born of God. Jesus came into the world so that man could be born of God. Amen. And I want you to know that's the only way 
that you and I will ever be able to overcome the evils in this world. We must be born of God. We understand that this is called the Advent season. We like to remind ourselves of that first coming of Jesus Christ and how important it was to all humanity. I want you to know that that is the purpose for the season. So we can be reminded that Jesus came into the world. God came into human experience. As we begin to examine this scripture, Jesus had to be born of the flesh. He had to become flesh. And the word became flesh. Jesus became human so that he could experience human experiences so that you and I would have no excuse for not living like the Father has designed for us to live. It is the writing of the Hebrew. In Hebrews chapter 2, we hear these words as it speaks concerning Jesus. He said, "For, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, if you find, if you're looking for it, it's Hebrews chapter two, verse fourteen. Good scripture to remember. Hebrews two and fourteen. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that has the power of death, that is the devil, and To deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Church, that's good. (laughs) That's good information. You know, for so many of us want to say, oh, we just human. And God knows we human make mistakes. And God knows we human is subject to failure. (laughs) But I want you to stop for a moment and realize that Jesus became human. He took on the nature of Abraham. He took on the same nature of flesh and blood that you and I have. And he came that way for a purpose. That he might perfect holiness in the lives of everyone that will believe in him. I want you to remember clearly today that Jesus is your older brother. He experienced everything that you experienced. The scripture says he was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. If you and I can ever get a grip On the reality that Jesus came into the world and proved to all humanity that we can live in the flesh and please God. And so let me hasten to the purpose. The purpose of his coming in the flesh. (laughs) Why did he come in the flesh? Look at verse 17 and 18 of the same text. Wherefore, in all things, it behooves him to be made like unto his brethren, 
that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to succor or to help them that are tempted. I want to move your excuses now. If Jesus has experienced everything that you and I experienced, and he is there to help us in all of our experiences, how will he be able to excuse us? But for continue on doing the wrong thing, and we didn't call on him to help him. He said, I'll help you if you call me. I'll help you if you let me. I know by what you're facing. And all I need you to do is let me help you. <laughs> let me help. Let me help. I want to help you. I want, you to, I want to help you represent my heavenly father in this present world. And all he wants us to do is let him help. He will help us. Jesus states his mission. When Jesus came into the world, he made it crystal clear to all humanity why he came into this world. In Luke chapter 4, and we find in, in verse 18 and 19, we find where Jesus declared, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. The recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. All of us are, most of us are familiar with John 3.16, aren't we? But God so loved me, Jesus was speaking of himself. When he said these words, he was talking about himself. He said, for God so loved the world that he could either, because that he sent me, his only son, into the world. That whosoever believes in me would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he is going to save his people from their sin. All of us need to get a grip. Why did he come? Why did he come? Why did Jesus come into the flesh, church? So that he could move your excuses and my excuses for not living holy lives while we live in the flesh. Now, if we're going to wait for another time to live holy, we're deceiving ourselves. The only time we're going to ever be able to live holy is here and now in the flesh. I want you to know this is a holiness church. It's not by the drums, and not by the beat of the music, and not by some other uh, noise that you make. It's a life that you live. Amen, preacher. Amen, amen. Knowing that you've been transformed yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. by the hearing of the gospel, yes. by the word of God. You allow the seed of the word of God to fall into your heart. And by that, it transforms you as you obey it. I dare you to start obeying God's word and you can see transformation in your own life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You don't have to worry about what somebody else sees. 
what somebody else thinks. But start hearing the preaching of the word of God and start obeying it. And it begin to transform you inwardly and outwardly. There'll be evidence all over you. All about you that you've been hearing and practicing the word of God. His word of God brings about a transformation in the lives of everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For herein is the righteous revealed from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. Church, you can hear this word and it will do something for you if you will obey this precious word. And so we find in our precious word today these important words. As I said earlier, I'm confident that your pastor is preaching from St. John. But I want you to know in verse 14 it says this. And the word was made flesh and dwelled among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 17 says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. What do you need to live right? You need truth, folks. You need truth. If you get truth and you apply God's grace to that truth, you can overcome everything that the enemy brings to you. My Lord, have mercy. Yes, sir. You will have power over the enemy if it is based on truth. Because God's grace accompanies his truth. He was full of what? Full of grace and truth. Jesus is God with us, full of grace and truth. <laughs> Praise his holy name. The law is powerless to save. The law only gives us knowledge of God's will. Tell us what God desires of us. But grace enables us. Grace equips us. Grace supplies the strength for us that we might live to please God. Romans chapter 8 verse 3 states again that powerful truth, how Jesus is so much different than the law. Romans 8, now I would like to begin with verse 3, but I'll come back to, the, to verse 1. He says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. <laughs> what is this scripture saying? You know, to know right is one thing. But knowing right won't enable you to do right. Help us, Lord. Help us. <laughs> the law make you know what you ought to do. But that old flesh won't behave because it know better. Oh, come on, church. Amen. How many times you know what to do and you do it? <laughs> knowing what to do won't enable you to do it. That's what all this scripture is saying. The flesh will not always respond to knowledge. <laughs> You can know a whole lot of things, but old flesh won't always do what it ought to. And so the law was weak. The law couldn't make the old flesh behave. Oh, yeah, mother told me to do it, but you know, she gone. (laughs) I'm going to do what I want now. I'm going to have a party at the house. It's Christmas time. Daddy told me to do certain things. I know he ought to do it, but he gone. So I'm going to do what I want now. Knowledge won't make you do right, church. Come on, church. I know, I, know you know it. I know you know it's right. It was weak. Weak. 
The law said, come on now. You can feel it. You can hear it back in your car. Come on now. Do this. Old flesh said, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Old flesh started backing up. My Lord. But I'm going to tell you something. When God sent Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But what the law could not do. Yes. And that was weak through the flesh. Praise the Lord. God sent his own son yes, in the likeness of sinful flesh. Yes. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Yes. Oh, through the spirit of God, church, you can tell old flesh to behave itself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. The spirit tell old flesh to sit down. Yes, sir. Old self, just sit right down. Yes, sir. The Spirit has power over the flesh. The Spirit, the Spirit has power over the flesh. And therefore we find in this scripture today, it says, They that are in the flesh can't please God. But they that are in the Spirit will be able to walk in the Spirit. And they will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Come on, church. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They that walk after the Spirit will fulfill the commandments of God. Amen. They that walk after the flesh will be condemned when God comes. So they said the carnal mind is not is enmity against God and not subject to the laws of God. But we are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be it that the Spirit of God dwells in us. Jesus is God with us. There are three things I want you to remember, church, from this text and this message today. Jesus came to defeat, to destroy, and to deliver. If you will reflect back on what we have said thus far, Jesus came to defeat, destroy, and deliver. Man from the power of the devil and of sin. He came to defeat the enemy. He came to defeat him in your spirit and in my spirit. He came to defeat him in in our flesh. The devil has no more authority over us. If we allow Jesus to come into us by faith. Greater is he that is in you. Than than he that is in the world. I want you to leave here today knowing that why did Jesus come into the world? He came as God with us. He came to defeat the work of the devil. He came to destroy the authority of the devil. He came to deliver God's children from the power of the enemy. Hold on to it, church. The purpose of Jesus coming into the world was to defeat, to destroy, and to deliver. Romans chapter 6, beginning with verse 14. He said these words, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law? But under the grace, God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servant to obey, his servant ye are or to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Praise the Lord. Praise this is the beauty of it. But God be thanked yes, yes. that ye were the servants Praise of sin. 
But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servant to uncleanness and to iniquity, now yield your members servant to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit has ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, you become the servants of God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For she shall bring forth a son. And you're going to call his name Jesus. For he's going to save his people from their sin. Jesus is God with us. Let us stand.